you'll find our sermon text from Jesus, Matthew chapter 6. It's on page 8 in your worship folder as well as up on the screen. Or I'm sorry, on page 7. You'll find space on page 8 if you'd like. You can fill in the blanks with a couple of our key points, our takeaways from today, as well as space um, for you if you'd like to take notes or fill in ways that you can seek God's kingdom in your life. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father and our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Dear Christian friends, have you stopped recently or paused long enough to think about all the things that you need to get done? Stuff at home, all the regular stuff, work, right? All the chores, all the the minutiae, all the things to do, plus some projects you wanted to complete, maybe even squeeze in a couple of days to go somewhere. And oh, by the way, you know, like taxes are due in eight weeks. Yikes, right? Or maybe the thing that, that tends to be on your mind are the never-ending list of bills and expenses and needs. i got to fix this, and that has to happen, and wants. Like, ooh, I'd really like that. And while thinking about tasks to complete and, and bills that you have to pay and, and even goals to strive for, those can be good things. Maybe you're thinking right now, like, Did you have to remind me? It's why I come to church, right? But here's the thing. Those thoughts tend to not just stay thoughts, do they? Like you start to think about the list of things that you need to get done. You start to think about the bills that you have to pay and how you have to to juggle everything to make it happen. You start to think about like, the mess that is the world. And what happens? It doesn't just stay a thought that you're like, okay, I have to do that. Check. It becomes this perpetual loop in your mind that turns into something even bigger. It turns into worry. It causes you all kinds of anxiety and and fear even which helps us understand a really important point, right? It's actually our first takeaway today. It's that worry is a matter of the heart. This morning, we are wrapping up Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And we're dealing with a topic that I've never met anybody that this didn't apply to because I've never met anyone that doesn't have worry at all. But Jesus is going to help us think through our worry in a really unique way. He wants us to think about the big picture. He wants us to realize that it's a heart matter. It's, in fact, it's such a big picture issue that often the, the little things that we tend to focus on and, and obsess about and worry about Those aren't the things that are actually the real issue. The real issue is where our focus and our heart and our priorities lie. It has to do with what your purpose is. And Jesus wants you to know very, very clearly what your purpose really is. Listen to how he begins these verses in verse 24. He says, no one can serve two masters. 
Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. This is all about your purpose. This is all big picture talk from Jesus. He's talking about your heart. He's talking about whom you love and therefore whom you serve. That's why he says worry is a matter of the heart, right? That no one can serve two masters. Now, when you hear these words, you might be tempted to kind of tune out because Jesus is talking about money and nobody wants to hear anybody tell them anything about money, even Jesus. And you might think that because Jesus said the word money and he's about to talk about food and clothes and possessions, but understand Jesus is not talking really about money. He uses that to help you and me identify the real issue, the root problem in our heart. He's focused on something much bigger than your bank statement or your closet or your kitchen pantry. He's focused on your heart and on your purpose because he has a purpose for you. And it's a purpose that he wants you to know and to live every single day of your life. But I'll just tell you that purpose is a struggle because it runs contrary to everything else, all of the rest of the priorities that the world says, this is what should be most important. This is what you should seek. This is what you should chase after. And even worse, it fights against that broken part of us by nature that wants to make everything about me and what I want and how I want to live and what I want to do right here, right now. That's why Jesus reminds us this really important point. He is focused on you so that you can focus your life on him. Listen to the rest of what he has to say in these verses from Matthew chapter 6. He says, Therefore, as a result... Right of, of not being able to serve two masters. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not reap or sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. If Jesus had just simply said, don't worry, be happy, what would have been simpler, 
shorter, right? Catchy, it's a catchy song. Thanks, Bobby McFerrin. But it doesn't actually mean anything. Have you ever talked to somebody who's, who's really stressed or really anxious or really worried and just said, don't worry, be happy? They probably looked at you like you're crazy or maybe even slapped you. Because it does nothing to just say those words. It's why Jesus didn't just say, don't worry. He said, let me tell you what not to worry about. And more importantly, let me tell you why you don't need to worry. Now in case you're, right, he starts out by saying like this food and clothes and possessions and stuff. And he says, worrying about it? What good is it going to do you? It doesn't do you any good. All it brings you is heartache and anxiety. It doesn't add anything good to your life. So why do you do it? If you know what the answer is, if you know what the solution is, we heard that in the children's message, right? If you know, why do you allow yourself to get stuck in it? That was Jesus' point, right? Because he wants you to realize that when you worry, whether it's the the descending spiral of anxiety or whether it's just allowing the thoughts to linger he wants you to understand that when you worry you are allowing your mind and your heart to be changed their their focus to to change your purpose as a result that now your heart becomes all singularly focused on this one thing right jesus said you can't serve two And that's why he warns us that when you allow your heart to be pulled off track with worry, you are actually allowing your whole life to be derailed from what God has for you as a purpose. That was his point when he said you can't serve both God and stuff. Now maybe you're thinking, but wait a minute, Jesus, don't you know we need the basic necessities of life? (laughs) Don't worry. He knows. Better than that, he reminds you this is not really about those things. This is about your heart. When your heart is focused on on stuff, whatever that is, whether it's tasks or bills or, or the things of life, the mess of this world, when your heart is focused on those, there is one thing it can't be focused on, and that is God and what he's done for you. You can't be focused on on fighting against temptation. You can't be focused on, on the peace and the forgiveness that God gives to you when you fail. You can't be focused on sharing that forgiveness with others. You can't be focused on letting your light shine and living for him because your heart is focused on something else. And you've you've lost the reality. You've lost the sight, right? All of the, the, the gifts in your life, the blessings, the good things, you've stopped seeing them as gifts from a good God who loves you. And now they've become things that, that are all-consuming, right? Objects that you just can't live without. And you've stopped trusting God, 
trusting that he loves you, trusting that he will provide for you, trusting that he will protect you, trusting that he will deliver you from this, through that, and safely home. And you've become focused on you and what you need to do and how you need to fix this and how you need to handle this and what am I going to do to pay for this? The focus of your heart shifts. And with it, your whole purpose shifts, right? You become, begin working just to pay the bills. You become working just to, to fill up the bank so that you can do what you want to do when you want to do it. What Jesus wants you to see, though, is his purpose for your life. And that's to seek his kingdom and his righteousness, the righteousness he gives you. Jesus has a kingdom, you know that, right? When he was on trial before Pontius Pilate, Pilate said, you are a king then? And Jesus said, yes, but my kingdom is not of this world. It's not an earthly kingdom with a throne and a, a castle and, and a palace and like army. No, Jesus is a, a spiritual kingdom by faith. It's what we're talking about when we pray in the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, right? That God's kingdom would continue in our hearts, that it would continue to grow, that Jesus would continue to rule in our hearts by faith, and that his kingdom would continue to expand, that more and more people would learn and know about Jesus, their Savior, that, that his word would continue to work faith in us and in others, so that we would love him more and that we would let his love be seen in us. That's the purpose Jesus wants you to have because that's the person that, the purpose that he created you for. He made you. He knows what you were designed for. And this is it. To long for him, to seek him, to love him to live in his righteousness and to live for him. That's our second takeaway today. It's that God's purpose for me is to seek his kingdom. It's not to live to pay the mortgage or the water bill. It's not that you really hope you win the lottery because then everything will be good and easy. It's not to, to seek more more stuff, more experiences, more opportunities. So let Jesus explain why you can focus your heart on him and on his kingdom. First, Jesus refers to the birds of the air, right? When it comes to food. And he says, there is not a single bird that has ever planted a crop and then harvested that crop and then stored it in a barn. Or to put it in non-farmer terms, no bird gets a job and goes to work and earns a paycheck so that they can buy groceries at the grocery store or worms. You get Jesus' point, right? And yet he says, your heavenly Father feeds them. Right? For those birds, God is their creator, but they don't call him Father. He's your Father, and if that's how he takes care of, of them, 
How much more precious are you, his dear child, than a bird that he feeds day in and day out? And then he talks about clothes and he, he talks about how Solomon, right, how, how the flowers of the field were are dressed more beautifully, more luxuriously, more elegantly than Solomon, right? You've probably heard about Solomon before. An ancient king, son of David, God says the wisest human being who has ever lived, right? Kings and queens from around the world would come to him to hear him speak, to bring their difficult cases to him, to learn from him, And not only was he the wisest man who ever lived, he was almost certainly one of the wealthiest people who has ever lived on this earth. If you take a look at at the income, the tonnage of gold that came into his kingdom and his royal coffers every year, it's insane. And yet what does Jesus say? Even in all of the incredible luxury that Solomon lived in, Even his clothes weren't even close to the way that God has clothed the flowers of the field. Think about how finely and delicately and elegantly and beautifully God has clothed all of the different kinds of flowers. Lilies, roses, orchids, all the the fields of wildflowers, all the different shapes and colors and varieties, all of them beautiful in their own way. And if that's how God cares about the flowers of the field, well, don't you think your father cares about you more than, than the grass and the flowers that bloom but then wither? And the answer is, of course he does. See, here's the issue. Worry is the symptom. The issue, the root problem, is our hearts. Our hearts that that fail to trust God. Our hearts that think we have to build up our own kingdom. Our hearts that think, We've got to solve all of the problems in our life that this is like I have to draw the perimeter and I have to fill it up and I have to store and I have to do and I have to solve. And we've missed out on who is really in control. We've forgotten who really we trust to provide for us day in and day out, right? We pray, again, Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. We forget and we seek our own kingdom to trust in our own self, our own abilities, our own wisdom, our own strength, all of these things. And worry then is the result that when we're seeking our own kingdom and we run into issues where we don't have answers. But you know who does, right? God. God is the one who who made you. God is the one who gifted you uniquely, just the way you are. God is the one who's given you the abilities and, and strengths and talents to use to earn a paycheck so that you can provide for all of the things that you need. 
and often so much more. God is the one who who is your loving Father, who loves you, who protects you and provides for you. And if you've ever doubted, and if you ever do doubt just how much he loves you, just think of what he was willing to give up for you. If you ever find yourself thinking, if only I had this and God hasn't done this and if, if God would only do that and that God is somehow holding out on you. Think about what God was willing to give up for you. Right? God was willing to, to set aside the eternal glory of heaven where there is not a single problem to come into our broken world filled with them. And not only that, but to leave the perfect glory of heaven and be born in a feeding trough in a barn. The God of heaven was willing to set aside the praise of the angels to come here and fill his ears with all of the symptoms of anguish and suffering and hurt and conflict and anger that fill this world to fill his ears with the tests of his enemies and even the doubts of his closest friends. God was willing to set aside the full use of his power and allow people he made to mock him and abuse him and finally to crucify him. God was willing to suffer hell itself for you. To give you a new heart. A new heart by faith that is fully forgiven in Jesus. That trusts in what he has done for you. A new heart that is free from the shackles of guilt. A new heart that is unburdened by worry. Because it seeks his kingdom and knows and trusts his love. A new heart that doesn't seek your own kingdom, but seeks his. To live his purpose. To live the life he has called you to live by faith in him. That's our last takeaway today. That God has given you a new heart so that you are free from trying to serve two masters. So this new heart no longer burdened by guilt. And you know what it loves? It loves to hear what your father has to say. It longs to know more of his, not just his wisdom, but his love. To not just seek to live for him, but to seek to live in him. In the righteousness that he covers you in. This new heart is free from worry and yet fears and troubles and struggles and anxiety, they they attack, don't they? And you know what he says? He says, when that happens, well, we heard it. Bring all of your anxiety, all of your worries, all of your cares and, and take them in prayer to your Father who loves you. Let him handle them. Entrust the problems that are on your heart to him. Let him lead you through them. 
this new heart that is filled with Jesus' forgiveness, it basks in that every day. Because it needs it every day. And then it longs to pour that forgiveness out on others. Instead of counting others' others' faults and, and using it as leverage over them, it looks to forgive as we've been forgiven. This new heart, it strives to live for your loving Father who has given you everything. God has given you a new heart. A new heart by faith. And he wants you to then seek his kingdom. To know your purpose isn't to to make more, to do more, to go places, to this and that. Your heart is satisfied, is filled. And your purpose is, is complete when you seek his kingdom and the forgiveness that he pours out on you. So when the cares and the worries and the anxiety come, God tells us, cast it all on me, right? Throw it all on him. And why? Because he truly, truly cares for you so much that he was willing to give his life for you. Amen. Please stand.